Hi everyone and welcome to uh, the Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. My name is Lila Winston and I am your host. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. Um, I pray you are well. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into our Bible study today. Just go ahead and grab your Bible and so we can get started. Um, I think this is really going to um, help you understand yourself more and help you to be able to uh, accomplish your purpose a little bit better because I think a lot of times um, we are hoping to do our purpose. We're hoping to uh, accomplish our purpose, but sometimes there are certain things that kind of hold us back. And so I want to address a couple of things that will help you to be able to kind of break free uh, into some things that will help you. It's it's really been a blessing for me, and so I want to share that with you today. If you can go ahead and grab your Bible, um, we're actually going to read um, in, uh, I believe that's Hosea, that's uh, chapter 12, and I'm going to go ahead and get started, okay? Um, so it's not really a lot of scripture, but um, we're going to just go ahead and start. So we're going to start at verse 10. It's verse 12, 10, and we're going to read until 14. It says, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the field. And Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. And by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him, and his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. And so what I want to ask you today, you know, after we've read here our anchor text, I want to ask you something um, as we read that scripture. I want to ask you, are you Jacob or are you Israel? When you think about, you know, the things that happen in that scripture that we talked about, when we talk about how the Bible says there that he's spoken by the prophets through, you know, visions, um, where it talks about, you know, whether there's iniquity in Gilgal. It talks about how Jacob fled into the country of Syria. It talks about Jacob and his wife. Um, it also talks about Egypt. So I want to ask you, as we're, we're looking here, I want us to focus in on Jacob because there's something very interesting that we're going to note. So I want you to look at verse 12 and um, we're going to, actually, you know what, we're going to go ahead and uh, read again in Romans. But before we do that, I want us to look at verse 12, okay? God is talking about the ways of the house of Jacob. That's really, I think, what the crux of this conversation is about. And um, it mentions Israel, it, it mentions Ephraim, you know, it, it mentions Gilead, but all of these people, all of these, it, all of these people, they are, they are sort of the sons of Jacob also known as Israel. So this is actually talking about the house of Jacob, his sons, who are now entire tribes. So each tribe has some characteristic that the Lord is going to judge. That's basically what he's saying. You know, he talked about Ephraim and what Ephraim had done. You know, he talked about Gilead. He said, is there iniquity in Gilead? It's kind of a rhetorical question. So he's talking about what has happened after 
Israel with his sons who have become tribes now. That's important to understand too, is that they've become their own nations. We're calling them tribes here. And yes, they are tribes, but in a sense, they've become their own nations. And if you can remember how, you know, the tribe of of, of Israel, of all of the tribes were created, Jacob had two wives. So that means they were from the same, you know, father, but they often gave him their maids who were from different places to have children in their sort of competition to have the most children. So it's important to understand the children or the tribes of Israel, they're going to look a little bit different because they have a whole lot of different mothers. Even though they have one father, they have one and they had two mothers, they actually had more than just two mothers. So I want to point that out to you. Um, so he's talking about nations of people, okay? And so we're talking about how God is thinking of judging these nations and that they have certain characteristics that are going to be based on those mothers. So are you a product of your environment? Or are you um, a memorial to God? You, you show who he is. That's what I want to ask. Will people think of you or will they think of your country or your tribe first? Now, if you listen to me talk, I sound like an American because that's actually where I'm from. But when you encounter me as a person, do you get some of the mores and the values. Do you get the mores and the values of America? That's really very important. That's really very key wherever you're from. You know, um, maybe in my country, <laughs> oh my goodness with the morals, um, there are certain things that, you know, is okay to do. Do you get that when you meet me? Or maybe in your country, maybe there's something that is okay to do. You know, do you get that when people meet you? That's a question to ask. Now, like I said, we're going to go to Romans and we're going to look at chapter 7, verse 23, okay? And we're going to see that, you know, as believers, there's a war that's going on between in us, a war that's going on between us and in us, actually, between two groups that are inside of us. That's why I asked you about where you're from. That's why I talked about, you know, do you resemble your tribe? Do you resemble the place where you come from? Or do you resemble, you know, the God part? Because think about it. Israel is now the guy with the promise. Uh, Jacob, I'm sorry. Um, Israel is the guy with the promise. And so his children, they are to follow after his covenant based on his father, not based on the, the other women, not based on his the other mothers that they have. So I'm asking you, are you basing your life and the way that you conduct your life based on your father? That's really very key. That's really very key if you can marinate over that and think about it. So I want to point something out in um, verse 12 of the scripture we read in Hosea. It says that Jacob fled but Israel served for a wife. This is often, this is kind of poetic language. I don't know if they intentionally wrote it that way, but it's presenting to us something very important. It's calling Jacob and then it's calling him Israel. Jacob and Israel are the same people. Okay, I want you to remember that. And so for Jacob and Israel to show up in the same um, sentence in the same verse, it's saying something. It's telling us something here. It says, Jacob fled, but Israel served for a wife. So you have the choice to serve or flee, to do what God wants 
or to give in to your former ways. That's what that's really talking about. It's about our ways and our transformed heart and mind is going to determine which we choose. And it's going to determine this on a daily basis. I'm telling you right now, this is why the heart and mind is so important. Transformation must occur through deliberate action before the temptation or before the challenge even occurs so that you can always choose Israel over the actions of Jacob. I want you to think about that. Would Jacob have really served for 14 years for a wife? Probably not, (laughs) but Israel would. See, he was becoming Israel. He was becoming, he was, you know, putting his, his, um, his flesh or who he really was or his ways down so that he could get this woman whom he loved. So you must live out the meaning of the new name that God has given you as a believer. Are you going to live out your name as Israel or are you going to go back to being Jacob? Every day we have a choice to be Jacob or Israel. You know, people always talk about what would God, what would Jesus do? I want you to just, I mean, that's a nice saying, but I want you to put that away for now. And I want you to think about Jacob because that's more akin to who we are than what would Jesus do? Jesus had no sin. He knew no sin. He was perfect. Why are you even, I mean, (laughs) why are you even considering him? Do you really think you can live up to it? I mean, of course, he's our perfect example. But I want to point out how with Jacob and Israel, which he also is, it's a better picture of us because we have two natures. We have the sin nature and we have the heavenly nature that we've taken on after becoming a believer. So your heart is really very important because it's meditations, influences what you say what you do look up look at matthew chapter 12 verse 34 or even in luke chapter 6 verse 45 it talks about the power of what we're meditating on so let me just go ahead and read matthew uh, chapter 12 verse 34 and you know what i'll read down to verse 35 it says oh generation of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And so God is telling us something very key. Um, And, you know, Christ is literally saying this. So this comes straight out of the mouth of Christ. And you can also find this idea about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can find that in Proverbs. So he's using a proverb that they knew and understood, a truism. You know, Proverbs is a truism for all life. It doesn't, it's not the things that you do in Proverbs. You can do that and get success in any area if you do it. It doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not. But he's telling them that this truism, which is found in the book of Proverbs, is true also for your heart. It's true also for you now as a believer. So from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your words matter your heart matter, what you meditate on, what's going on in your heart matters. People's words matter. And I want you to listen to what people say. So like I said, you know, we're learning about the heart, but we also want to learn how we can apply these 
actual concepts to the people in our lives. Isn't that doesn't mean you throw people in the trash and you know it means that you're able to understand who you're dealing with and how you should deal with them. This is actually really key. I feel like that's probably the underlying problem with most issues is people don't know who they're dealing with and how to deal with those people. And that's where the mistakes come in. But so we understand that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it matters what the mouth says. So I want you to listen carefully to what people say. I want you to listen to what they are saying. Are they speaking Jacob or are they speaking Israel? And you know, you get to decide whether you are going to be speaking Jacob or Israel yourself by what you meditate on in your heart. And the mind is also very influential. And your thought life is absolutely important. There are patterns of the mind, just like in the heart, and that stuff comes out. If you don't think it comes out, then, you know, maybe you don't, you may make mistakes about who to interact with and who not to, who to engage, how to engage with them. You make those mistakes because you're not actually listening to what is being said and understanding what the abundance of the heart is actually saying to you about this person. And so the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. Think about that. And you can find that in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. So your mind which we are instructed to renew, remember we're instructed to renew our minds, will also determine who you are, okay? Think about that. As a man thinks, so is he. Now, a man could never say anything, and that means we may not know who he is. That's possible. That's purely possible. When you meet someone, you don't know what they think about every day, so it's no way for you to be able to make a good judgment about their character. So there are certain things you have to look for and listen to. The same thing for yourself. What do you talk about every day? What are you thinking about every day? You know, there's this this big idea, you know, it feels like everywhere I go on, you know, social media, um, it's always talking about relationships. Like, why? Why is everyone always talking about romantic relationships? Like, I don't fundamentally understand that. Like, I think romantic relationship, your husband, your wife, should be a part of your life they should you should be working together but this overwhelming just check it out go to any social media people are just going overboard talking about relationship the abundance of the heart i want you to think about that if you you know maybe follow someone or whatever the abundance they speak of think on these things this will help you to determine who to put in your life where they fit in your life even sometimes if you find someone with an abundance of positivity you can that's a good person to put somewhere you know what i mean or someone who talks an abundance of something else this is giving you wisdom on how to know where how to maneuver how where to put people not in a manipulative way but in the most useful way people want to be useful your life should be useful so i want to ask you what do you meditate on what do you meditate on And that determines who you'll be. So who will you be? Let's look at Acts chapter 14. Um, Actually, let's go ahead and uh, look at Acts chapter 14, verse 15. It says, And saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you, 
We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own way. Now, why did I pluck that out? This is when, you know, uh, I believe it was Peter and, you know, another disciple. I'm sorry, I can't remember his day, but I believe it was he, he had, or Paul. Anyways, disciples of Christ, they had performed a miracle and people wanted to make gods of them, wanted to sacrifice to them. And they're saying, we're people like you. But he said something really key um, in verse 16. He said, who in times past suffered, that word suffered just means allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. So we were once left to our own ways. Now he has redeemed us to his way. You know, in, in the beginning, when people first started following Christ, they called that the way, following it the way. So there is a new way to be. And that is what he's done. He has redeemed us from our own ways to walk in his ways. So the way of the master is love. The way of the master is faith. The way of the master is a pure heart. And so that is what I want you to see is that there is a way of the master. There is a way of Christ. There is a way of God. If you want to walk and look like God and talk like him, he made you to live in his image. Remember, there's a verse that says, I will be satisfied when I awake in his likeness. You want to be satisfied in life? This is how you do it. People are searching for satisfaction in all kinds of ways that will never work, but this is how you do it. And the way of the master, he has laid out for us now in his word. So one of the things about the way of the master, that it's very substantive. It goes to the heart of the matter. The Bible says that the word of God is like a a two-edged sword, able to cut between bone and marrow so it's very precise okay so the lord can always notice that which is important and that which isn't even if it's difficult for us to see and i'm going to show you that because man honors vanity but god honors substance and eternal value of the soul of righteousness and of covenant and authenticity of relationship think about that an authenticity of relationship But humankind, well, you know, we value a covenant of things and, you know, we willingly neglect the eternal value for the vain. And we can see this all over scripture. We can see this maybe even in our own lives. Come on, everybody. Let's all be honest here. We've all done it before because we're human. I want you to think about Eve and the apple. She saw it was good for food to give her knowledge, but she had this whole big garden. She had the favor of God. She had an Adonis, I'm guessing that um, Adam was an Adonis husband right there with her, perfect. She had this beautiful environment, this garden she was in. She had this beautiful purpose of naming animals. She had everything she wanted. So she's choosing that lesser part. Okay, you can see this with Esau. Esau sold his birthright for soup. You can see it with Saul when he decided to go with what the people wanted him to do instead of waiting on the prophet, which was God's prophet. Think about David and Bathsheba. He went for this lady he was just looking at who was taking a bath. And he had this man had 
God gave him everything. He had tons of wives and tons of, of concubines. So never think a person, you know,'s desire for another individual is because they don't have it or they lack something or there's something lacking. It's they're choosing that lesser part. They're hearkening to Jacob instead of Israel. We choose the lesser part. And you can find that also in terms of the, the example um, that was made about the poor man who had a sheep and the rich man who took the poor man's sheep. Why would you take the poor man's sheep? It also occurred with uh, Joshua in the camp when they decided to go and get the accursed thing. Also with Israel as it turned to idolatry. It's always the vain choice that doesn't honor eternal value. This is how you can know it's flesh. It doesn't honor that which weighs more, which is more important. The heart and the mind must change to value that which is eternal. And that doesn't happen automatically. That's why the Lord tells us to, you know, to, to transform our mind, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's why he gives us a new heart so that we can start, you know, meditating on what is right, putting his word in our heart. He gave us a heart of flesh so that we could accept the word into our heart. Before we had a heart of stone, nothing was growing out of that. <laughs> and we can even see that with Mary and Martha. Even in Luke chapter 10, verse 42, in that very scripture where Mary, you know, has chosen to sit at Christ's foot and listen to him and be with him. And Martha is up just cooking and trying to get things done. It says that Mary chose that good part. So Mary chose to nurture a good relationship with Christ while Martha sought only to serve him. This is the topical now. You know, if we look off distance and we look at what Mary is doing and we look at what Martha's doing, I guess I would say I think Martha is doing more for God than Mary. Mary's just sitting at his foot listening to him and talking with him. She's not serving him anything. She's not cooking. She's not doing anything. But Christ is teaching us something very important, not only about him, but about the relationships in our lives and about the people in our lives. What is that good part? What are we choosing? Are we choosing to be Jacob or are we choosing to be Israel? And so God wants you to sit down, okay? Sacrifice is a part of love, but without a relationship with him, that means obedience to his word. What really do we have? I want you to think about it. Think about yourself walking down the street and someone says to you, I will sacrifice my life. They push you out of the way and they jump off the cliff and you don't even know why. Well, you know what? It's a big deal if someone sacrifices their life for you. But I'm going to tell you something. It's really difficult to really feel that if you don't really know that person. Like, I don't know what I didn't know that person. I don't know where they came from. They just decided to do this. It'll be a powerful. It'll be impactful. Someone that you know, that you have known, when they sacrifice for you, you it, 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 as they say, it hits different. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. Choose that good part, that good part. And I pray that you choose it. Don't choose based on your culture or your social status or your money. Because sometimes when we choose based on those things, we choose the choices of Jacob instead of the choices of Israel. Israel is toward God. Jacob is toward the past and what we knew and our what we know and our ways. So this is, you know, in my own family, you know, there's culture and family, there's ways that we do things in family. Well, you know, in my family, we do this, so we have it this way. 
God wants you to choose that good part that honors him. Let people know you for that good part. Choose based on your obedience to Christ. And I pray that you have the courage to show up as Israel every day. Because Israel didn't flee, he wrestled. And Israel didn't avoid his brother, he met him with a gift. And Israel didn't live in his uncle's compound, he went and established his own in the land of promise of his fathers. Every day we train our mind and we monitor our hearts so that we can show up as Israel every day and not Jacob. I pray you have the courage every day to evaluate the things that you do, the time you spend with people, how you spend that time with people, who you choose in your life. I want you to evaluate it based on not what would Jesus do, but what would Israel do? W-W-I-D. So I hope you're well. I pray this message blesses you. I hope you will pass it along to a friend if you feel like it's something that they might need. We all need it because we all struggle with the sinful flesh and of course the spirit. And if we want the spirit to win, we have to do what is necessary to help it to win so that we can always choose that good part. I pray you're blessed. Bye.